0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: It's your boy, Tony C., back in the big chair. For another two hours of the Morning Rush on the all-new WCMD. Brought to you by Thomas Cumberland, located in uh, Bedford, Johnstown, and of course, Cumberland. We are live from the palatial... WCMD Studio. I got to get used to that. You've been saying the same thing for like almost two years. And then you got to switch gears. And it's, you know, old habits die hard. High atop Industrial Boulevard, at least 10 feet up. But we're still in the same place, on the south side of the Queen City. Oh, baby. Coming up on today's show. Uh, We kick off some new programming today. A new uh, lineup, a new schedule, if you will. So we'll kind of get you caught up in case you are really confused this morning. Like I am, most mornings. Uh, The Penguins and Islanders uh, get their first round playoff series started in Pittsburgh. And what a start it was. The NBA regular season is over. Where do the Wizards finish up and who do they have in the play-in tournament? All of that and more coming up on a very frantic uh, morning (laughs) ride. Good morning to you. How the heck are you? So glad to have you on board. So glad you could take some time to tune in and hang out as we kick off yet another Essential Work Week. Hold on one sec. Several ways to get involved on the show. And this is, again, where things get a little bit different. We still have two Twitter pages, although one is now different than the other one. One Twitter page is my usual page, at Rush Tony C., the other page is now at WCMD Morning Rush. Okay? It was at ESPN Morning Rush. Uh, it is no longer. So in case you, you know, you're keeping tabs, the Twitter page is now at WCMD Morning Rush. And then my page at Rush Tony C. Our Facebook page has also changed. It used to be at Cumberland's ESPN Radio. It is now at WCMD Cumberland Radio, all right? Names have changed, still the same, though. All those pages, free and open to the public at any time. Feel free to leave a message, drop me a line, you got a question, got a comment, an opinion, whatever. Be glad to hear from you and talk to you. The phone number is the same, fortunately. The rush line is open, 301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance, Shamo, 301-759-2628. And we still have the podcast page on the free Podbean app. That name changed too, didn't it? I think it's WCMD Morning Rush now, at Podbean or dot, whatever. Just go, Just down, this is what you got to do. This is really easy. Just download the Podbean app on your phone or tablet and then search The Morning Rush. And eventually you're coming, it's a black, red, and white. It's still a black, red, and white logo. It just looks a little different. We upload every show every day, minus commercials. So if you miss any part of the show, uh, it's there for you. So I know things are a little bit different. I'm I'm a bit out of sorts right now. What is this now? It's the third change we've had in under two years. Right? We were six to nine, and then we were seven to nine, and now we're six to eight. But we'll get it, we'll get into that in a minute. Because I want to lay things out for you as we kick off this week. Right now we're gonna kick off the show. That's this doesn't change. This is still the same with the rock around the region. I want to rock. And we start with the Stanley Cup playoffs where the Penguins and Islanders kicked off their first-round series in Pittsburgh, and they went to overtime.
2: Palmieri sends it near corner. Pajot to Palmieri, right to the Pittsburgh
0: net. Shoots, he scores! Kyle Palmieri, second in the game, is an overtime winner, and the Islanders take game one this afternoon in Pittsburgh. 4-3 is your final! Yeah, he
1: scores! Made me sick. That was a call on the Islanders radio network. Uh, Kyle Palmieri's second goal of the game uh, gave New York the win and a 1-0 series lead. Uh, Sidney Crosby had a goal for the Pens, who are now 1-10 in their last 11 playoff games. Game two tomorrow night in Pittsburgh. Game two of the Bruins Capital Series capsule that series 1-0. That is tonight in Washington. That game can be heard right here on this very station. In the NBA, the Wizards hosted the Hornets yesterday with a chance to clinch the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference.
3: Ram is passed, intercepted by Westbrook.
1: Up court to Beal.
3: Beal left wing, left elbow, driving, going to the basket, back and score! As he scores on
2: Miles Bridges! Scores on Miles Bridges! And the Wizards lead 109-108 with
3: 3.25 left in the fourth quarter. Here they come again. This Wizards team... They just don't. They just don't fall
1: down. The call on Federal News Radio, 115-110 the final. Wizards get the win to clinch that eight seed. Bradley Beal returned from a three-game absence to score 25 points, 20. In the second half, Russell Westbrook, another triple-double, 23 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists for Washington, which will play at Boston tomorrow night. In the playing game, much more on that uh, later on this hour. In Major League Baseball, the Orioles were trying to avoid getting swept by the hated Yankees.
4: That's the run that put gave the Orioles a lead. That's hit well left field.
2: Way back, and it's out of here. Franco out of a terrible slump in a big way today. Three hits and a
0: line drive out. And the Orioles extend the lead to
1: 8-5. The call on Mid-Atlantic Sportsnet. Michael Franco, Homer, drove in three runs as the O's did beat the Yanks 10-6 in Baltimore to avoid that three-game sweep. Uh, Trey Mancini and Ryan Mountcastle each had RBI doubles for the O's, who are now 6-15 at Camden Yard's worst home record in the bigs. Elsewhere, the Nationals were trying to take two of three from the Diamondbacks.
2: We told you, Troy Lovello loves
1: moving defenders around. This ball flirting with the corner, and see you later. Yadier Hernandez down the left field line, 1-0 in the eighth for the Nats. The call again on Mid-Atlantic Sports Net. Eric Fetty threw seven scoreless innings as the Nats blanked Arizona 3-0. Trey Turner had three hits and an RBI for Washington, which did indeed take two of three in the series. And in Pittsburgh, the Pirates were trying to take three of four from the Giants, and they did not.
4: And a swing and a high fly ball, deep right center. Stokes back on it, turns around. There it goes. Mike Yastrzemski with a two-run home run to right center, and the Giants now have a four-to-one lead here in the ninth.
1: That call on the Pirates Radio Network 4-1 was the final. The Giants earned a split of the four-game series. And that is your Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Caporale Group. All right, so again, if you're just tuning in and you're wondering what is going on, had some changes to the station, some minor changes, some big uh, changes. I will now be here 6-8. to eight. Hopefully, I'll be able to stay here for a while because I'm sick and tired of getting moved around if I'm being honest. So here's how it's going to shake out. We are no longer because we, we, we believe in total transparency here, right? Yeah, you know, hold nothing back and nothing to hide. We are no longer Cumberland's ESPN Radio. That name is gone. So I am no longer in the ESPN studio. I, I hopefully got to it all. I hopefully got all of the cumberland you have no idea you have no idea a lot of people by the way have no idea what it is to to kind of flip a station not that not this wasn't a total flip a total flip is when you go from just one genre to another like you turn a rock station into you know an all new station or you turn a contemporary hit station into a country that's a total flip I remember when I was out in Cleveland, I was I was getting my broadcasting training. I interned at uh, WHK, which was an all sports station. Eventually, after long after I left, they flipped to a Christian station, which you talk about, you know, com- two completely extremes, opposite ends of the spectrum. So this wasn't a total flip. You're still going to get your sports fix on the station. You got this show from 6 to 8 in the morning. Afternoons, evenings, we'll get back to ESPN programming. So you'll still get your sports fix here on the station. It's got the Nationals, got the Capitals for you, got the Ravens for you, right? With all that stuff, that stuff doesn't go away. The mornings is really where things uh, got kind of switched and flipped. Because if you tuned in before I came on, it wasn't ESPN All night. No, 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 no. It was America in the Morning, which is a national and world news show. So you kind of get what we're trying to do here, it we're trying to we are expanding, we are broadening our horizons. And it's just instead of just being an all-sports station, we are now news talk and sports. See, we're just a little bit of everything now. So from five to six in the AM. It'll be America in the morning. Get your news fixed, your, your weather fixed, all this stuff. Then I'm here from 6 to 8. Then when I'm done, I'll have the seat, the chair, nice and warm for Amanda Mangan, our news director. She'll come in and her news show, Tri-State Today. And that'll go from 8 until 10. Amanda will get you caught up in all the, the local happenings. She'll have local guests, uh, national. I mean, she's all, she's all over it. She's all all over it better than anybody. Tons of interviews, tons of talk. It's going to be, again, trying to give you different flavors here on the station. So, America in the morning, 5 to 6. Me, 6 to 8. Amanda, 8 to 10. Then after Amanda is Hoppy Kirchival. Talk line with Hoppy out of Morgantown from 10 to noon. Then after noon, we get back into ESPN programming and, and the way, you know, now that could also change down the road as well. We may, we may, not quite. We may get another nationally syndicated news show from like noon to three. Right, so just we're sprinkling a little bit of everything here, a little bit, of, you know, trying to get you as as informed as possible. News, talk, sports, just you know, covering all the bases. So that, that's where we're at. It's nothing in this business. Lord knows is set in stone. So hopefully, you know, we'll continue in this groove for a while. And we'll still have some more changes. We'll still have some things that are, you know, we'll switch things up a little bit until we finally get, you know, settled. It's going to take a while for me to get the, the ESPN out of my blood as far as, you know, it was ESPN Morning Rush. It was Cumberland's ESPN radio. Everything was ESPN. Now it's it's not. So I, I gotta get used to that. I had to go through. I had to go through. Not that you care, but I'm just I'm this is me now. I had to go through each and every single rejoin, <laughs> bumper, open, you name it. I had to go. <laughs> I laugh about it because if I don't, I'm gonna cry. I had to go through each and every one and remove ESPN from all of them. That's not even i must talk, not even just my show. I like threw the entire station, every station rejoin, everything we did with the Nationals, every Nationals, every single thing that had a rejoin or a bump. I had to take the ESPN out. Not easy i take it back it's it's relatively easy but it's it's tedious because there's so much of it it's not like it's you know backbreaking difficult i'm not gonna i'm not saying that i'm not saying i was physically drained at the end of it all it just took a long time but anyway we hope you like the change i understand that change is not easy i understand that change can be difficult i understand that you know change can be unsettling because we get comfortable right we get comfortable, we get content, we get settled with the way things are, and then when somebody throws up a, a curveball, it's like, oh wait, whoa, whoa. and it kind of freaks us out. I understand it, I get it, but hopefully these changes will be good changes. You can embrace the changes, and we'll move forward. I think it's good stuff. I think it's good stuff. You can never have too much information. You can never be too informed, right? All right. Got a lot of stuff to get to today. A lot of stuff, in particular, the NBA playoffs and the uh, Stanley Cup Play. What a weekend for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Wow. And it's only been two days. And you talk about action on top of action on top of action. You talk about getting a playoff or a postseason started in the right way. And we'll talk about this more uh, later on in the hour. Because first, we're going to get into the NBA after the break. Because the Wizards had a huge game yesterday that they needed to win to clinch the 8th seed, which they did. And what that means going forward. The NBA, very busy yesterday. All 30 teams. All 30 teams are in action yesterday. And there was so much on the line. So much on the line. Playoff spots, playoff seedings, who's going to finish where. Who's going to play who? It was, it was actually pretty exciting. And again, this is coming from a non-NBA guy. But even as someone who doesn't watch or follow the NBA all that much, it was still pretty cool. Because, man, you had a, like with each and every game, every outcome, things changed. This, this team went from a third seed to a four seed. This team went from a seven to an eight. This team went from a six to a seven. This team clinched here. It was It was fun to follow. It really was. But it's all wrapped up. And when we come back from break, we'll break it down east west to see where the team's finished and where they're playing. We have two playing games tomorrow. We have two playing games on Wednesday. The first round getting started in full force this coming weekend. We got some matchups already in the books, already set. Some matchups, it all depends on these playing, this these playing tournament games. Now, whether you like the play in tournament, that's another thing. Uh, I had one of my colleagues from down the hall this morning uh pop his head in the door. He's hey, what do you think about you know the playing tournament? Pretty exciting, huh? I was like, Well, I guess it all depends on where you're coming from and how you look at it. And we've kind of discussed this before. On one hand, it's kind of exciting because you have the seven eight game and the nine ten game. And, you know, especially the nine ten game, that's a one off. Loser of the 9-10 game is done. Their season's over. But at least they have a chance, right? Because in years past, before they're playing a tournament, the 9 and 10 teams, I mean, they're done, right? Because only the top eight make it. So it does add a little bit of an excitement. It does give teams an extra chance. And the NBA is doing it because of money. And there's no mistake about it. More games, more eyeballs on the TV. It's more money. It generates more revenue. There's no question. But on the other hand, it kind of punishes teams for qualifying for the playoffs. And you look at a case like the Wizards, who they were, you know, fighting since the All-Star break to climb back into playoff contention. They've basically been in playoff mode the second half of the season. And they fight their way up, they fight their way up, they fight their way up, and they get into that tenth spot and on the very Final day of the regular season, they clinched the eight spot yesterday, and now they're gonna play more playoff games. Like, how is that? If I'm the Wizards, I'm a little bit cheesed off because they fought their way all the way to the eighth seed, which in past years would have been guaranteed first round, best of seven series. Now they gotta play in this playing tournament. So you kind of you kinda, you, um, you see both sides of it. Now, don't get me wrong. If they had stayed in that 10th spot, then they'd be more than happy to play in the playing tournament because they're still alive. You look at a team like the Hornets, who, boy, they were terrible down the stretch. They're hanging on by a thread in that 10th seed, but they still have a chance. But now it's a situation out West where you had the Lakers. You had the defending NBA champion Lakers in the seven hole. They're playing in a playing tournament. Which, that's not good for the NBA. I mean, can you imagine LeBron and the Lakers getting bounced before they even get to the official first round? So, I mean, there's pros and cons. to I don't know. I still don't know if I like it. I still don't know if I like it. Yes, you're letting more teams in. Less, yeah, you're giving more teams a chance, but I don't know. I kind of like the old way. Just top eight teams go. If, if you're not good enough to be in the top eight, then you're not good enough. Period. I, I I don't know what is it? You know, what sense is it, I, I know it's money, right? They're making money. That's why they're that's why they're doing it. But I just I hope I hope they go back to the old way. I can guarantee you this much, if the Lakers get bounced in the play in tournament, if the Lakers don't make it to the first round, that was unfortunate. If the Lakers don't make it to the first round, that'll be the end of the playing tournament. I can can guarantee you that. It all sounds like a good idea until it blows up in your face, right? All right, time for a break. News and weather coming up. When we come back, we'll break down that NBA playoff picture. Stick around. Oh, I got to get this right now. WCMD.
0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: It is only 6.32 you did not wake up late. You're not in some Twilight Zone. It is your boy, Tony C, in the big chair. Little time changed for the show. From this point forward until, of course, it gets changed again. Uh, we'll be here from 6 to 8. Rush line is open. Would love to hear from you. 301-759-2628. That has not changed. Give me a call. Get involved. Dial and dance. Come on. So, talking about the NBA. Wrapped up the regular season yesterday. All 30 teams in action. And that were there was plenty on the line for several teams. Now, the team that we've been following, of course, the Wizards. Uh, they clinched the eighth seed in the East with a five-point win over the Hornets in D.C., now the Wizards, Hornets and Pacers all went into yesterday tied for the 8th spot. They were all 33 and 38 heading into the final day of the regular season. Although the Hornets and Wizards did, they both had tiebreakers over the Pacers. So the game in Washington was basically a one-game playoff for the 8th spot. Because whoever won was going to have the tiebreaker over Indiana anyway. Bradley Beal did not tell head coach Scott Brooks that he could play until about 30 minutes before game time. And Bill, of course, he's been uh, nursing that sore left hammy. And he he was slow out of the game. He only had five points in the first half, uh, clearly favoring his leg. But then, after halftime, kind of got into it, dropped 20 points in the second half. To help the Wizards get that win and clinch that eight spot, Uh, here's Bill after the game on uh, Federal News Radio.
2: Brad, there's so many things to talk to you about. First things first, I want to say congratulations on getting the eight seed. How did you muster that strength to overcome the injury and get the win down the
5: stretch? Oh man, it's it's how I always talk at the beginning of every game. You know, first praise my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Um, just for this opportunity and I wouldn't have done it without him, you know, because my body, my body's tough. It's definitely banged up. My hammy's not 100%, so uh, I just knew how important this game was to myself, to my teammates. And ultimately, I just couldn't let them down. Like, I've been missing a week, week plus, so uh, I just want to be out here with the guys. Even if I'm, I'm not 100%, you know, I can, I can still be a thread, be a decoy, whatever the case may be. Uh, I'm just fortunate that, you know, we rallied together and we got the win. Now we're in officially the eighth which is definitely what we wanted, and now we're in the playoff picture. We got another one on Tuesday. Brad Drew in here. First of all, congratulations. I'm super proud of the team. I'm super proud of you. I know what went into your decision-making tonight to play this game. Mm-hmm. And the fans, I know they thank you for being there for your team, but look. You hear them, you hear them. <laughs> you hear them. That's dope. <laughs> now, I noticed you starting off that first half, you looked a little sluggish. You looked a little out of sync. It looked like you were hindering, favoring that leg. Mm-hmm. What was the difference in that first half versus the second half? Because it looked like you started to heat up. It looked like you started to get warm. It looked like you started to trust that leg even more. Uh, it was mind over matter. You know, I already made the decision to play, so I can't back out of that and, you know, kind of just start thinking about that and, the ultimate thing is be selfless, man. It's about my team, you know. And so I just, I just changed my mentality, you know. If I'm out here, I'm out here, and I'm going to do what I can to help my team win. Be aggressive at all times, and just reel ourselves to win, man. We did that tonight, man. It was great.
2: Brad, the team was 17 and 32 on April 5th. You closed 17 and 6 to get the eight seed.
5: How did you turn it around? I don't know, man. Uh, I really wish it was one thing I could really point to and say, you know, that's the reason. But we really start clicking at the right time. We got all our guys back healthy. Um, you know, guys getting their rhythm back, getting their legs up under them. And so, you know, we're, we, we firmly believe we're one of the best teams in the East. Uh, we're definitely going to be scary moving forward. So we just clicked at the right time, man. Seventeen to six is really who we really are. And just imagine if we'd have had this whole team the whole year, uh, the story would be a little different. But you know, we're definitely we take the chips where they fall now. And uh, man, with AFC, man, we're officially in the playoffs. Like we should be proud of that.
1: So the Wizards will now get the Celtics in that seven-eight playing game. That game will be in Boston tomorrow. The Pacers beat Toronto yesterday, 125 113. So they clinched the nine seed and will host Charlotte also tomorrow. The Hornets, not exactly finishing strong. You talk about the Wizards finishing 17 and six. The Hornets, uh, they went 8 and 15 down the stretch and ended the regular season on a five game losing streak. The Celtics, they weren't exactly world beaters either down the stretch. They lost six of their last eight games, including yesterday's loss to the Knicks. One second ago, and that is it. The New York Knicks, a
4: 96-92 win over Boston. And how does this sound? Game one at Madison Square Garden. It's coming up next week. The Knicks are the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference
1: as they hold off the rival Celtics here in game number 72 at the Garden. The call on 98.7 ESPN New York. That's right, the Knicks. Yes, those Knicks are the fourth seed in the East. They're going to the playoffs for the first time since the 2012-13 season. They end the regular season with three straight wins to finish at 41-31. and And they needed that win yesterday to lock down that four spot and get home court in round one. It helped that Boston, which already knew it was in that seven spot, the Celtics rested all of its top players. So it was basically a gimme game uh, for the Knicks. So next weekend, it'll be the Knicks hosting the Hawks in round one at the most famous, the world-famous Madison Square Garden, a series that could get a little bit chippy, according to Brian Winhorst. This first-round
2: series between the Hawks and the Knicks could get very intense. And I could see, when we get to game three, four, five, people getting into their feelings, and I'm going to tell you why. The way the Hawks play really takes advantage of the way the game is called these days, particularly Trey Young. He is a mini James Harden in getting, you know, sort of using trickery and deception and changes of speed to get to the foul line. Um, They're an offensive-based team, although they have a couple of good defenders. They're an offensive-based team. The Knicks, we know, are one of the most physical, if not the most physical defensive teams. And I'm telling you, after three or four games of Trey Young trying this stuff, they're gonna, everybody's <laughs> going to be under their nerves. There's going to be a huge focus on the officiating in this series. I can close my eyes and see a Game 5 2-2 back in the garden where Spike Lee is melting down and falling on his back on the
1: sideline. But, wow, could this get interesting
2: over this next two weeks.
1: You know how they say that certain sports are better when certain teams are good? Like they say, baseball is better when the Yankees are good because you either love them or you hate them, right? Like the NFL always seems to be better when the Raiders are relevant. The NBA is always better when the Knicks are involved. They just are. It's one of the the biggest markets in the league. And the Knicks are back in the playoffs, playing in that four or five series against the Hawks. Uh, on top of the conference, Philadelphia locked down the top spot, finishing one game ahead of the Nets and two games ahead of the Bucks. Now, the Sixers, they got to wait to see who comes out of the play in tournament in that eight spot. They know it's either going to be Celtics, Wizards, Pacers, or Hornets. Whoever it is, uh, Rich Huffman from The Athletic says the Sixers have no excuse to not get to at least the Eastern Conference Finals.
4: Yeah, I mean, among the playoff team or the playing teams, you know, it's it's funny. In, in past years, I think everybody in Philadelphia would have been terrified of the Boston Celtics just because they have kind of owned the Sixers, both in the regular season and in the playoffs, um, you know, a couple of times. But I think now that Jalen Brown has been hurt, and frankly, they just don't have the, the size inside to deal with Embiid, that would be considered probably a pretty good matchup if they were to lose the first game. And then um, play in the second one. I think the Wizards. That's an interesting one. They play a lot of crazy up and down games. The Sixers tend to beat them, but I think that would be a pretty entertaining series, considering how well Russell Westbrook is playing and if Beale is back. Um, you know, Charlotte and Indiana. I, I think you know these are all teams that the Sixers should be. Um, you know, I'm not saying they're they're going to, but you know, frankly, like when you look at the play-in and then the four-five matchup, they're playing against Atlanta and New York. Two teams who have had great seasons, no offense to them, but they are playoff newbies as well. Um, I, I really don't think, like, regardless of who the Sixers play, the, I think the other side of the bracket has a lot more troubled teams to them. So they, they really don't have much of an excuse not to make the conference finals, in my opinion.
1: Now the Nets in that second spot know they will get either the Celtics or the Wizards because whoever wins that play-in game automatically gets the seven seed. Loser of that game will host the winner of the Pacers Hornets, and in that three-seven matchup, the Bucks will host the Heat for their first-round best-of-seven, and that's a series that Tim Legler says could be the best of the first round in the East.
3: I like Bucks Heat. I, I mean, this is a, a weird matchup for the Bucks because. They obviously, the Heat have had their number, and now you have a situation where the Heat are playing their best basketball of the year. This is a team that, if you'd asked me even a month ago, I would have said the Heat, no chance, survived the first round of the playoffs. But instead, you look up, they've got everybody back now. They're playing an incredible rhythm. Uh, they've added a guy like Trevor Reza, who gives them tremendous length defensively. And now this is a team going up against the Bucs that I think is the best version that we've seen out of Milwaukee in the past three years. This is a more viable threat to win the Eastern Conference because you add a Jew holiday, and it gives them another answer in one possession games late. You don't just have to go to Giannis for an ISO, which has been a bad formula for the Bucs in the playoffs. You're going up against a team in Miami that feels like they've got your number and they're also playing great basketball. And they're a team that went to the finals last year. They're not going to be phased by anything. So for uh, an early round matchup, but this is as good as it gets at the 3-6. With Miami feeling like there's nobody in the East that they can't get through. And the Bucs feeling like they finally have a complete enough team to make a serious run at the Eastern Conference.
1: So that is a look at the East, the playing games. Wizards at the Celtics, Hornets at the Pacers, kicking everything off tomorrow. Now, How do things look out west after yesterday's action? We'll go over that next. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD.
0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: Just got done breaking down the Eastern Conference. A couple playing games tomorrow, kicking things off. Out west, the Trailblazers beat the Nuggets yesterday, 132 116, to clinch a playoff spot for the eighth straight year, which is the longest active streak in the NBA. And they locked down the sixth seed. So Denver and Portland will meet in the first round this weekend. The Nuggets were assured the third seed when the Clippers lost to OKC. So Denver kind of limited its starters against the Blazers, so Blazers should have won that game when they did. Portland's win (laughs) means the defending champion Lakers drop to the seventh spot, and they have to play in the play-in tournament. And what a matchup that's going to be. You're going to have LeBron and the Lakers hosting Steph Curry and the Warriors uh, Golden State locking up that eight seed with a win over Memphis. The Grizzlies, by the way, and the Spurs uh, will face off in the 9 10 play in game. Both of those play in games will be on Wednesday. And right now, the NBA is looking at a nightmare scenario. If the Lakers can't get out of the play in tournament, you're talking about one of the biggest draws in your league. You're talking about LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You're talking about the defending NBA champions. That's a nightmare if they can't get out of this play-in tournament and get to a best-of-seven first-round series. But that's something Tim Legler says the league really shouldn't have to worry about. I'm not going to be shocked with either team winning this game.
3: Ultimately, I think they're both going to get in because I think whoever loses the game is going to beat the winner of Memphis and San Antonio. So ultimately, you're going to have the Lakers and Warriors both get in. And now you're going to get them against a top of the West that certainly looks different than we thought it would going into the season with Utah and Phoenix up there. So I think you look at the Lakers, they're a team that just has to avoid getting knocked out early because they've had so much uh, of their lineup interrupted this year with AD and LeBron. They're just starting to find their feet together. If they can avoid getting knocked out in this play-in format, they're going to get better each and every game. And now, if you're sitting there at the top of the West, man, what bad luck to get a healthy Lakers team in the first round, and a Warriors team red hot with Steph Curry, a two-time MVP, playing the best offensive basketball of his entire career. So, it's going to be very interesting. I think both of those teams can give Utah and Phoenix all they can handle, and in the case of the Lakers, they're going to be favored as a 7 or 8 to win that series, which is going to be very rare when you get to the NBA playoffs, but the Warriors also, I think, have a great shot of extending that first-round series if they get there against Utah or Phoenix.
1: So, Tim thinks that it doesn't matter who loses that 7-8 game. The loser will still win anyway. And both the Lakers and the Warriors will both be in the first round. Now you heard him mention the Jazz and the Suns. Utah finished in the top spot one game ahead of Phoenix. So they will sit and watch to see who they will draw in the first round. In the 4-5 matchup, the Clippers will host the Mavericks. And the, <laughs> the Clippers... They finished five games out of first, tied with Denver, but uh, Denver had the tiebreaker, so they get the third seed. Clippers get the fourth seed. The Clips ended the regular season with back-to-back losses to two of the worst teams in the league. Now the question is this. Were they just kind of resting players to get ready for the playoffs, or were they doing something else? Here's Brian Winhorst. I really
2: am trying to square what I think about the L.A. Clippers right now because the, the decision that they made this weekend to completely tank, and I want to be clear, they lost to the Rockets on Friday. The Rockets, I believe, were something like 5-42 and 42 in their last 47 games, and then they tanked tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Clippers lost to those two games on purpose, um, some of the stuff that they did in tonight's game, they had a guy who had taken um, 29 shots all year, take 22 shots tonight, an embarrassing tanking effort <laughs> to get away from the, L- the, the possibility of playing the Lakers. But them basically showing their hand to the Lakers that they were afraid to play them in the first round, and I don't know other, any other way to phrase it. And I hate that word. If I was in the Lakers, I would feel like I was already up 1-0 on them. Mm. It might help them win a title, but it didn't make me think positive of them at all.
1: First of all, uh, an NBA team tanking isn't anything new. They've been doing that for years. But what Wendy is saying, he's basically saying the Clippers are afraid of the Lakers. So they lost on purpose to get that four seed. As the four seed... Should they make it that far, that means the Clippers won't have to face the Lakers if they would meet until the Western Conference Finals and not before that. Now, I don't know if... <laughs> I'm not so sure that's the, that's the dumbest thing in the world. All right, so you want to take the easiest path. If the easiest path is getting the four seed and avoiding the defending NBA champions who are just now hitting their stride, why not? Yeah, you might say it's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit sketchy. It's not exactly, you know, sporty. It's not gamesmanship, whatever you want to call it. But I know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Now, there's no proof that the Clippers tanked the last two games on purpose. But when you lose to the two, when you're fighting for playoff spots, and you lose it at one, two of the worst teams in the league, eh, you understandably have questions thrown your way. Maybe they just lost the games. Maybe they just weren't playing. Maybe they are wrestling players. Or maybe they were just crazy like a fox and tanked to avoid the Lakers until the conference finals. Again, not the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. All right, hour number one, the books. Hour number two, around the corner, doing push ups. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM, 1230, WCMD.
0: This is the morning rush.
1: A lot to get used to here as we uh, switch things up. On the all new WCMD, brought to you by Thomas Cumberland, where the experience is all about you. Tony C. in the big chair, live from the palatial WCMD studio, high atop Industrial Boulevard, at least 10 feet up, on the south side of the Queen City, baby. Just a reminder, several ways to get involved on the show, and some of these things have changed. Pay attention, take notes. Still have two Twitter pages. One is different now. I mean, it's the same page. The name is different. The show page, what used it used to be, at ESPN Morning Rush. Now it is at WCMD Morning Rush. My personal page is still the same at Rush Tony C. That's the letter C, not the word. And our Facebook page, our Facebook page. I threw an N in the word page for some reason a Facebook page Page used to be at uh, Cumberland's ESPN Radio. That is gone, out the window. It is now at WCMD Cumberland Radio. All right? So a couple changes to take note of, kind of remember. The one thing that hasn't changed is that all of those pages are still free and open to the public. Like them, follow them. Anytime you feel froggy, take the leap. Drop me a line. Say, hey, got a question, comment, opinion. You want to talk? You want to chat? Still waiting on a cell phone for the studio? But that's nothing new. But you can still get involved on those pages right there. Rush line is still open, and it's still the same. 301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance. on. And of course, our podcast page, still on the free Podbean app. We upload every show, every day, minus commercials. So if you missed any part of any show, go back and check it out. So for instance, if you missed the first hour, you kind of missed me breaking down the new changes to the station, which we'll do again here this hour. You also uh, missed us breaking down the playoff picture, or pictures, East-West, in the NBA. Yesterday was the final day of the regular season. A lot of games, with a lot riding on the line as far as uh, playoff positioning, playoff seeds, and whatnot. So again, that's all. it'll all be there later this morning on our podcast page. Alright, before we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs from this weekend... Let's rock around the region. I want
0: to rock right
1: now. And we'll start right there on the ice and the Stanley Cup playoffs where the Penguins and Islanders uh, kicked off their first-round series in Pittsburgh, and they went to overtime.
4: Palmieri
2: sends it near corner. Pajot to Palmieri right of the Pittsburgh net. He
0: scores! afternoon in Pittsburgh, 4-3 is your final!
1: The call on the Islanders radio network. I just want to to choke every time I hear that call. Kyle Palmieri's second goal of the game gave New York the win and a 1-0 series lead. It was a great goal by Palmieri by the way. I still don't know how he scored. I have no idea. And the puck was bouncing. He nearly picked it out of midair and just Fired it into like a two inch window. It was it was it was a good goal. Uh, Sidney Crosby had a goal for the Pens, who are now one and ten in their last eleven playoff games. Game two tomorrow night in Pittsburgh. Much more on uh, this series later on. In the NBA, talked about it last hour. The Wizards hosted the Hornets with a chance to clinch the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Graham is passed, intercepted by Westbrook. Up court to Beal. Beal left wing, left elbow driving, going to the basket. bank and
3: score! As he scores on Miles Bridges! Scores on Miles Bridges!
2: And the Wizards lead 109-108 with 325 left in the fourth quarter. Here they come
3: again. This Wizards team, they just don't, they just don't fall down.
1: The call on Federal News Radio, 115-110, the final Wizards get the win to clinch that eight seed. Uh, Bradley Beal returned from a three-game absence, a nursing that sore left handy. He scored 25 points, 20 in the second half. Russell Westbrook, what else is new? Triple-double, 23 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists for Washington, which will play at Boston tomorrow night in the playing game. Winner of that game automatically into the seven seed and will play at the Nets in the first round this weekend. In Major League Baseball, the Orioles were trying to avoid getting swept by the hated Yankees.
4: That's the run that gave the Orioles a lead. That's hit well left field. Way back,
2: and it's out of here. Franco out of a
0: terrible slump in a big way today. Three hits and a line drive out. And the Orioles extend the lead to 8-5.
1: The call on Mid-Atlantic Sports Net. Michael Franco homeward and drove in three as the O's beat the Yanks 10-6 in Baltimore. To avoid that three-game sweep, Trey Mancini and Ryan Mountcastle each had RBI doubles for the O's, who are now 6-15 at Camden Yards' worst home record in the bigs. Elsewhere, the Nationals were trying to take two of three from the Diamondbacks. We told you Troy Lavello loves moving defenders around. This ball flirting with the corner. And see you later. Yadiel Hernandez down the left field line. 1-0 in the eighth for the Nats. The call again on Mid-Atlantic Sports Net. Yadel Hernandez, a pinch hit solo homer to snap a scoreless tie in the eighth. Nationals blanked Arizona 3-0. Eric Fetty threw seven scoreless innings for the Nats. Trey Turner, three hits. And in RBI, Nats do indeed take two of three in that series. And in Pittsburgh, the Pirates were trying to take three of four from the NL West leading Giants.
5: And a swing and a high
4: fly ball, deep right center. Stokes back on it, turns around. There it goes. Mike Yastrzemski with a two-run home run to right center. And the Giants now have a four-to-one lead here in the ninth.
1: The call on the Pirates Radio Network 4-1 the final as San Fran earns the split of the four-game series. Adam Frazier had two more hits for the Pirates. He is now hitting 323 on the year. And that is your Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Kappa Rally Group. All right, so before we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, I just want to break some things down for you in case you're just tuning in. You're kind of confused what's going on, what's happening. Got some changes here on the station. Just going to let you know what's up. Right? Full transparency. Full disclosure. Had some changes. We've discussed for weeks and weeks. Been working on it. Today is the first, uh, I guess you want to call, uh, the full launch of the all-new WCMD. And what we're doing is is we are expanding. We are broadening our horizons. We are are going out from just sports, and it's going to be news, it's going to be talk, a bunch of different things. So just to give you an idea, a little heads up to what what to expect today and in in the future, okay? From 5 to 6, right before I come on, is a a new show. It's new to our station. It's not new, but it's new to our station. America in the Morning. And this is where you'll get all your national, world news, weather, national, you know, it's a national news show. And that debuted on this station this morning. It'll be here every weekday from 5 to 6. Then I will be on every weekday morning from 6 to 8. All right? So it was 6 to 9, then it was 7 to 9, and now we're 6 to 8. After I'm done, Amanda Mangan, our news director, will come in. I have the seat nice and warm for her. And she will kick off her new show, Tri-State Today. And that'll be on from 8 to 10. And Amanda, she is just on top of everything when it comes to news. Local, regional, state, you name it. And she will have a ton of interviews, a ton of you know, input, opinions, information. So that'll be from 8 until 10, weekdays. From 10 until noon, a show that's been on the station since I can remember. A talk line with Hoppy Kerchival out of Morgantown. A lot of West Virginia news there and 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 national as well. Then afternoon, we get back into ESPN programming, right? All the talk, everything, all the way through you know, overnight until 5 a.m. and then America in the morning, right? And we, we still have the Nationals. We still have the Capitals. Capitals play tonight, by the way. Still have the Ravens. None of that stuff goes away. Just really the main changes are in the morning. Now, we're working on maybe, maybe getting another News show for the afternoons, like a nationally syndicated. It might be political. It might, I'm not sure. Like from noon until three. So that could change as well. And then we'll go ESPN after that. So we're just trying to add, just adding some different flavors to the station. You know, news, some talk, some politics, some. We're just kind of trying to be well-rounded, if you will. All right. Still get your sports with me. You'll get your news, get your information everything with America in the Morning and Amanda and Hoppy and then we're back to sports. So just, again, expanding our horizons. And I understand 100% completely that change is difficult, right? Change is hard for some folks. It can be unsettling. We get comfortable with with ways things are. And then somebody throws a curveball and it's just like, what? So I get it. But like most change, you get used to it. And we hope, we believe that these changes are going to be a good change for the station and we move forward from there. So, And also something to remember, uh, we are no longer Cumberland's ESPN radio. That name is gone. We are the all-new WCMD News Talk Sports. That's That's the tagline. So there you go. Now you're caught up on the changes. Now you're caught up on everything we're trying to do. And look, it's not perfect. It won't be perfect to start. There's going to be more changes, more shifting, more things moved around. But eventually it all gets settled. And it'll all be good to go. So there you go. All right. Stanley Cup playoffs kicked off this weekend. And it got underway in full force. And I'm telling you right now, if the rest of the postseason is like the first two days, it's going to be... It's going to be incredible. And the Bruins and Capitals really got the drama started Saturday night by going to overtime in case you miss it. The Caps got the uh, 3-2 win on a Nick Dowd goal. And the old man, Craig Anderson, who turns 40 this Friday, he had to come off the bench and get in net after Vita Vanacek got hurt. And Anderson was just, he was fantastic. He stopped 20 of 22 shots after replacing Vanacek in the first period. And this is a guy who was, he was basically on the taxi squad most of the year. Didn't play a whole lot. He just practiced a lot. And he will likely be the starter for game two tonight. Because Vanacek has been listed as day-to-day and Ilya Samsonov, he won't be ready. He was just removed from the COVID-19 protocol list or whatever it is on Saturday. And head coach Peter Laviolette said he, he needs more work. He needs more practice to get back into game condition. He's just not going to throw him into game two tonight. So Anderson will likely get the start. He hasn't started a playoff game since that double overtime loss of the Penguins in Game 7 of the ECF when he was still with the uh, the Ottawa Senators. And that Game 2, oh, by the way, can be heard right here on this very station tonight. I do believe it changes every day. I don't know why they do this. Start times change constantly. I do believe it's 7.30 puck drop. You know what? I'm going to check it right now. I don't want to misinform... I don't want to uh, lead you astray if you tune in to the Capitals playoff game tonight and you can't find it. So I don't want to be that guy. I want to be sure. So let me consult the bones here real quick. And I can tell you that tonight's game, as soon as I bring it up here, come on, come on, 7.30, there you go. So pregame, 7.15, puck drop at 7.30. Two more games tonight, Nashville and Carolina, they open up their uh, – and actually, they played Saturday. I'm sorry. Nashville – or, yeah, Nashville has oh, – no, wait a minute now. This is confusing. Oh, okay. All right. right. I I'm See, this is what happens whenever you get old. When you get to be around my age, you can't really see. That says WSH for Washington. I thought it said NSH for Nashville. Washington leads their series 1-0. Nashville and Carolina kick off their first-round series tonight – as does St. Louis at Colorado. So there you go. Yesterday's action as we get back to uh <laughs> get back on track. Yesterday's action, I'm telling you, I'm telling you if you, if you don't watch playoff hockey, you're missing out. If you are a sports fan, if you consider yourself a sports fan, even if I was talking to a uh a gentleman over the weekend was at a graduation party. And we were talking about the NBA, you know, NHL. He says he doesn't really watch hockey a lot during the regular season, but he always tunes in for the playoffs. And that's fine. I get it. A lot of people are like that. A lot of people, you know, we talked about this last week. We're like the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs it's like easter and christmas for church like you know what i mean you'll see some people two times a year in church easter christmas you'll see, you'll see people who won't tune into the nba into the playoffs and you'll have folks who won't turn into the hockey into the and i get it i get it i'm that way with the nba not that i follow the nba a lot but if i do tune in it'll be during the playoffs so he was talking about, you know, he doesn't really tune into hockey until a playoff start, which is fine. But man, if you're not at least giving it a shot, you're missing out. Yesterday is a perfect example. Because yesterday, the three games that were played is was as exciting as it gets. Two to three games went to overtime, including the wild out in Vegas at the Golden Knights. Nobody. Able to find the back of the net until the extra session.
0: Greenway holding the puck in the office. gets in front. Eriksson shoots. He scores. Erikssonek in overtime at 3:20, and Minnesota wins game one.
1: The call right there on KFAN. The wild and you know people say, oh well, one nothing. How exciting can it be? Then you've never watched playoff hockey. You've never just as a one nothing game in baseball can be great if you're watching a great pitcher's duel you know back in the day when pitchers actually went 7 8 innings a one nothing hockey game could be just as exciting just as exciting cam talbot 42 saves for minnesota to earn the shutout and give his team a one nothing series lead uh, mark andre flory 29 saves for vegas and they he gets the loss i mean what are you going to do you give up one goal and you lose You can't do much more than that, except, I guess, pitch a shutout. And then you had the first game of the day yesterday, the Islanders and the Penguins. Now, me being a Penguins fan, obviously I am keyed into it. I was here for most of the game, working, trying to get things ready for the station switch launch. But I did manage to get back home in time for overtime, which the Penguins lost. 4-3. Four to three, and Tristan Jari, the goaltender for the Penguins, he has got to be better. He did not have a great game, and that's and that's putting it mildly. Two of the four goals, I would consider definitely soft. A third one, maybe. No, he didn't get much help. Defense wasn't that great. All right, actually, defense for both teams, not that great. A lot of shots, a lot of chances. And the Penguins did show you know, a little moxie because they answered a couple Islanders' goals immediately. I mean, immediately. The Isles went up 1 0. A couple minutes later, boom, it's 1 1. Then the Isles go up 3 2, relatively late in the third period. I'm like, well, this game's over. But 31 seconds later, Kasperi, Kaplan, scores. It's 3-3. We go to overtime. Both teams had chances in overtime. Penguins had chances, just couldn't score. And then uh Paul Murray scores his second goal of the game in overtime. And it was just one of those shots where I don't I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. If if he if you took everybody off the ice and it was just him and the goaltender and Jari was in the same position, and you gave Paul Mary 20 shots at it. I don't think he could do it. It, it just snuck over Jari's shoulder, top shelf. I don't know how the goal went in. It. But here's a situation when we're talking about the Penguins. And I said it in the Rock Around the Region. They are now 1-10 and in their last 11 playoff games. For a team that has Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, who didn't Malkin didn't play yesterday, he was scratched. Chris Latang. For a team that has still has its core intact, talented team. To be one in ten. In your last eleven playoff games, they won one game last year. They were swept the year before by the Islanders. Oh, by the way. And then I went back. I went back a little further. Okay. Because again, Jari was shaky yesterday. He was shaky. He, he, he wasn't good. All four goals were scored on his glove side. All four. Which reminds me of another former uh Penguins goaltender, Matt Murray. The Penguins in the playoffs are seven and sixteen since Marc Andre Fleury left town. Seven and sixteen. Now, after the 17-18 season, that was the expansion year, the Penguins left Flurry unprotected because Matt Murray was supposed to be the savior. Matt Murray was supposed to be the next great one, right? Matt Murray was the one in net when the Pens won back to back cups, even though Flurry had just as much to do with them advancing and winning as Murray did. Murray just happened to be in net during the cup clinching game. So the Pens leave Flurry unprotected, and Vegas, as you would imagine, snatch him right up. At the time, it seemed like the smart thing to do, because again, Murray seemed like the heir apparent. But since Flurry left, the Pens are seven and sixteen in the playoffs. I'm sorry, it takes more than a goaltender to win a playoff game. I'm not saying. But that's no coincidence. It really isn't. It really isn't. And I think any team in the situation the Penguins were in, facing, you know, do you keep Flurry? Do you lose Murray? Any team would have made the right decision. Or would have made I'm sorry, that decision. Any team in that situation would have kept Murray and left Flurry unprotected. Now. Hindsight being what it is, we can afford to look back and then, you know, reevaluate things. That was the wrong move. That was the wrong decision because the Penguins haven't been nearly what they were when they had Marc Andre Fleury in net. Letting him go, letting him go to Vegas was the worst decision they could have made because since he left, I just, i told you the stats: seven and sixteen in the playoffs. And Jari has got to be better tomorrow. If he's—if he's as bad as he was yesterday, the Pens have no chance, none. They better figure out the goaltending situation quick, or else you're going to be wasting Sidney Crosby and 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 Gennie Malkin's last years and Latang's last years. Then the game last night before we go to break. A game that didn't go to overtime, but was probably better than the other two. The Panthers and the Lightning. My goodness. If I'm telling you right now, if you want to sell anybody on the National Hockey League, if you want, like I'm trying to right now, if you want to sell anybody on the Stanley Cup playoffs, show them last night's game between the Panthers and the Lightning. That game being played at Florida. Obviously in Florida, because they're both in Florida. The Lightning won that game 5-4. to four, And it was one of those back-and-forth affairs. Panthers are up 2-1 at the end of one. Then the Lightning take a 3-2 lead going into the fourth period. Then the Panthers go back up on top 4-3. And then the Lightning score two goals relatively late. Braden Point scored both goals. He scored a power play goal at the 13-minute mark of the third period. And then he scored in a breakaway at 18:46. A minute 13, minute 14 left in the game. It was a fantastic hockey game. Up and down the ice, chance after chance after chance. I know it was a 5-4 game, but the goaltenders were spectacular. Vasilevsky and Bobrovsky making great – I mean, it was – If that series is anything like Game One, sign me up. Sign me up. The first weekend of the Stanley Cup playoffs was fantastic, and I'm telling you right now, if you don't at least give it a chance, if you only tune in to watch one game, for instance, tune in tonight, Bruins Capitals. All right, is what you do. Is what you do. I got your night all planned out for you. Turn on the game. Uh, turn your TV down and tune into this station right here because we have the game. Listen to the radio call on this station. Watch the Bruins Capitals. And if you're not a hook, that's fine. If you're not interested in, in that, don't want to watch that's fine. But I'm telling you, give the Stanley Cup playoffs a chance. You will not regret it. Aside from the NCAA tournament, the most exciting, might be even more exciting than that. It's great stuff. All right, news, weather coming up. Stick around, WCMD.
0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: Is it me? Or, like, did it just come out of nowhere? Like, all of a sudden, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Did that just drop out of the sky? Now I know, millions and millions and millions of people are getting vaccinated. I get that. But, like, the CDC, the CDC, which, like, last month was warning us of this upcoming nightmare with the, the COVID, completely does a 180, like, a month later. It was like, ah, you don't have to wear a mask. It's, it's just all right. If you're fully vaccinated, if you're two weeks after your second shot, with the exception of, you know, hospitals and public transit, yeah, you're good. Like, what is Is it me? Like it seemed like there is like no no build up to it at all. It was just like we woke up one day and all right we're done. Then all of a sudden <laughs> you have states all over the place lifting their mask mandates. Some of the like Pennsylvania was and and uh what's his name up there? Uh Wolf. Some of the some of the, the hardest most steadfast governors were like, they were just like iron fist mandates and restrictions. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're done. We're following the CDC. We're finished. Take off the masks. mandates. are You know, they're all, it just seemed like came out of nowhere. Like it turned so quickly. Even the States that were the strictest, it just, whoop. I don't know how to feel about it. It's just, I don't know. It's like, hey, you know, it wasn't like a, like a month from now, or we can project that two, three weeks from now, right? Unless I completely missed it. You now we can project in, you know, end of June, we'll be lifting mask mandate. It just it, we just woke up one day and there it was. And you can you can take that information and use you know use it as you want to. If you want to still wear a mask, I get it. If you don't, I get it. I'm kind of I don't know what to do now. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, big like Walmart. Uh, what I hear, Walmart, Costco, and there's another one. They've lifted their, You don't have to wear a mask in their stores anymore. But see, you know, there's going to be people that still do, and that's fine. That's fine. But this, this is this is the only thing that I could ask of of those listening right now. Whether you do or you don't. Don't judge. Don't. Okay? Because there's been too much of that going on over the last year plus. If you go into a place where there is no mask mandate, okay, if you choose to wear one, fine. But don't give the stink eye to somebody who's not wearing one. Because if they're not mandated to wear it, they don't need, they don't have to wear it. If you're not wearing a mask, don't look at somebody wearing one and going, phew. Idiot, why are you still wearing a mask? Don't do that. Mind your own business. How about that? Go about your business, and everything will be everything. Because there's still going to be people wearing masks long, I mean, I'm talking months. And I I get the fear. I I get the, the, you know, not want to move too quickly. I get it. Some people are ready to take those masks and have a burning party. I'm one of them. But let's, you know, until we can finally to until everybody's comfortable with it, let's just let's be cool with each other. Let's just, All right? Let's be decent. Uh something that was not decent as we get back to sports here. This is this is a shame. Dontarius Bryant who was a defensive back at Austin P. He went to Georgia this past weekend to try out for the Falcons uh, during the team's uh, rookie minicamp. But when he got there, uh, he learned that he had been the victim of a hoax. He, like nobody from the Falcons ever contacted him. But instead, some loser texted him from the 404 Atlanta area code pretending to be defensive coordinator dean peace so when bryant arrived at the team's facility to get ready to try out for the falcons they're like who are you why why are you here and they, they turned him away is not that is that like like the worst thing i mean this is a here's a kid who like his dream as any college player, is to play in the NFL. He thinks he's getting a shot. Austin P is in Texas, by the way, in case you don't know. He traveled from Texas to Georgia thinking, now if you want to say he's a little bit gullible, a little naive, maybe. But when you get a text from 404, like I, he wouldn't have Dean Peace's number in his contact list. How would he know? Like his name's not gonna pop, it's not gonna pop up. But for somebody to do this to this kid, that's just I mean, you kind of you kind of wish that they'll get their come up in sooner or later. And and Bryant released a, a statement on Twitter saying, you know, he's thanking everybody that's been in his corner while he pursues his his lifelong dream of playing in the NFL. Apparently, the minicamp was not a legit opportunity. Somebody texted him from the 404, pretending to be Dean Peace, the DC for the Falcons. This poor kid traveled to the facility for check-in, rookie minicamp check-in on this past Wednesday. And he said, this is a quote, it's most definitely one of the most embarrassing things that has ever happened to me in a very humbling experience. And he actually he apologized to the Falcons for the this poor kid, the victim of this hoax, apologized to the Falcons for the mix-up. And he says, I don't know or understand why this happened, but everything happens for a reason. He said it was heartbreaking. But just another stepping stone that I am not afraid to admit or overcome. He will continue to fight. I hope something. Oh, just because of this. I don't know how good this kid is. I've never heard of him. Obviously, if he ever gets a call again, he'll be a little more, you know, thorough. But this poor... Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Put yourself in that situation. Some people might think this is funny. I don't think it is. But can you imagine... Playing college ball, whether it be football or basketball, whatever, and getting invited to you think getting invited to have a shot to play in the bigs, to have a shot to 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 complete, you know, to realize your dream, only to find out that some loser. And I hope somebody, I hope, I hope somebody finds this person. I hope whoever sent that text pretending to be the D I hope somebody finds them. And just beats him about the head and shoulders. I hope, I hope he gets what's coming to him tenfold or her. The Falcons declined to comment about the situation. Uh this kid declined to interview with, with ESPN. Now, to this kid's credit, as we wrap it up, to this kid's credit. He says, whoever did this to me is very wrong, but I'm moving on and I forgive them for whatever reason they chose to do it. I honestly would not like the person who pulled this stunt on me to be publicly humiliated. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, end quote. This kid is a bigger man than me because I want that loser who pulled the hoax to be as publicly humiliated as possible. Drag him out into the middle of the town square and humiliate him as much as possible. God bless that kid for taking the high road, Uh, obviously a road that I don't travel very often because I would like to find that hoaxer and tell him a thing or two. I hope somebody gives this kid a chance. I don't even know if he deserves it, but I hope after going through this, he gets a chance somewhere down the line. All right, uh, one more break and back to wrap it up. Stick around, WCMD.
0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: Before we get out of here, let's check on the player who delivered, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. How about this guy?
2: Poole cuts through. Curry off a screen by Looney. Open three. Knocked it down. <laughs> he got wide open for one of the few
4: times today.
2: 7-3 of the night for Curry. Warriors double their advantage. They've scored the last seven. Curry, behind the back. Working on Melton. Step back. 25-footer. Swish! Curry! There you go. 109-97 with 95 seconds left. Taylor Jenkins calls
5: time.
1: The calls on 95-7 the game. Steph Curry went for 46 points, seven rebounds, and nine assists. In Golden State's 113-101 win over the Grizzlies at 33, Curry is the oldest NBA scoring champ since Michael Jordan did it at 35 uh, back in 1998. With the win... The Warriors clinched the eighth seed in the West and will play at the Lakers in the first round of the play-in tournament on Wednesday. So Steph Curry, your NBA scoring champ, a player who delivered yesterday, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. You know, one thing I didn't mention, we were talking about the NHL uh, earlier this hour and how exciting All three games were yesterday. The Wild beat the Knights in overtime. The Isles beat the Pens in overtime. And the Lightning beat the Panthers 5-4 in regulation. The Lightning, Nikita Kucherov, who arguably is the best player in the league right now, he hadn't played a game since September. Right? He has been out, what is that? September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. He's been out six, seven months. He gets back into the game yesterday and scores twice. He had him placed in September 28th. And he scores two power play goals last night. He had surgery in December. That's amazing to be out that long. And then come back and score twice. That, that makes that makes Tampa Bay all that more difficult to play. Well, you talk about that makes them because they, they won the cup last year. They, they're the defending cup champs, and it stands the reason, a reason why they finished in second place this year in the division is because Kucherov has been out forever in a day. Or I'm sorry, they finished third. I'm sorry, third because Carolina. That's right. Carolina was first. Florida second. Tampa Bay third. And then Nashville was uh, was fourth in the Central. A big reason. Now they still had a good season. I mean, they had finished with seventy five points. They were thirty six and twenty. All right they went thirty six and twenty without Kucherov. Now he's back, and boy, he made a statement yesterday. Did he not? Nothing like getting your best player back just in time for the play- <laughs> just in time for the playoffs, right? Don't forget tonight. Speaking of uh, the National Hockey League. Bruins at the Capitals game two of their series. Uh, Caps, a 1-0 series lead after their overtime win on Saturday. Craig Anderson likely to start in net for the Caps because Vita Vanichek listed day-to-day. Samsonov not ready after he came off the COVID uh, protocol list on Saturday. So pregame on this very station tonight, 7:15. Puck drop around 7.30. The Caps trying to take a 2-0 lead in that series. Coming up, after I am done, a new show here to the station. As we made the the switch, the flip, the launch, stick around. Amanda Mangan, brand new show, Tri-State Today from 8 until 10. She'll get you all caught up on the local happenings, the regional happenings, She'll so have a bunch of interviews, all kinds of information. She is on top of it like nobody else when it comes to the local, regional, state scene. So she'll be debuting, launching, kicking off that brand-new show when I am done. Then after Amanda, a uh, talk line with Hoppy Kerchival from 10 until noon, and then we'll get back into ESPN programming, uh, sports programming after that. Again, change happens. Change happens for a reason. Change can be unsettling. Change can be a little bit difficult. But these are good changes. Broadening our horizons. Expanding our horizons here on WCMD. So there you go. Glad to have you on board. I'll be back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Remember, my show has changed now. It was 7 to 9. Now it's going to be 6 to 8. All right? Tomorrow, we'll recap and look at that Cap Bruins game. We'll get you ready for tomorrow night's playoff game Wizards and Celtics, that play in game. Major League Baseball, all kinds of stuff tomorrow. 6 a.m. sharp. We'll see you then. This is The Morning Rush. I am Tony C., and I am done. Ah! Assume!